This is episode 720 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, building redundancy in your cooking. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. Hey, I want to encourage you, if you are not following me on Buy Me A Coffee, that's where I am sharing my social media posts, and also that is the place where you can join the top 10 on Prepper Website for $5 a month or $50 a year, and if you are a big podcast fan, then you can always drop the 10 most popular articles into your pocket app and listen to them that way. So I hope you go over to buy me a coffee and hang out with me over there. And before we jump into this episode, which is going to be a solo episode, it's not going to be a uh, an episode where I'm reading an article, uh, just this is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a little bit. But before we jump into that, I want to read an, uh, a review, I guess, from Frankenstein2278. He said, excellent variety of topics are covered. Definitely a top five on my podcast list. So Frankenstein, I'm glad that I am in your top five podcast list. I'm very grateful for that and very grateful for the review that you left on iTunes. Uh, really do appreciate that. All right, everyone. So like I mentioned before, this is an episode that, I've, uh, that I'm going to be doing solo. It's not one that... Uh, that I'm reading an article from, or not one that I've written an article. I could have easily written an article on this one, but uh, it's one that I believe in. And I don't know why, I think maybe going into the the colder months now here, and when I say cold, that's relative to me here in Texas. I know uh, some of you people up north are, you know, y'all think about the cold down here and you're like, man, that's, you know, wearing shorts and t-shirt weather uh, where we live but you know we we feel the temperatures changing uh, i can feel it you know my stu- st- uh, stuffy nose and all that good stuff you know so we we see and feel all of that happening and i guess my mind goes back to the winter storm that we had this last year where people were not prepared and people were not prepared just especially with a meal i mean not to mention the fact that they didn't stay warm and that probably needs to be another episode that we deal with here pretty soon but uh, they they didn't have ways to cook food and uh, there was just uh, that that's crazy you know when you're in a in a in an emergency situation and all these things are going on having a good meal a good hot meal is one of those important things and I want to talk a little bit about that you know redundancy is one of those main topics uh, main themes inside of preparedness and if you're new to preparedness uh, you've probably I mean you know what redundancy is but you've probably haven't heard the term two is one, one is none. And basically meaning that at some point in time, whatever you have, whatever you're depending on can break down, can cause, uh, can malfunction. And so then you're kind of left without a necessary item. Uh, Maybe that is cooking. Maybe that is a firearm. Maybe that is, you know, lights or whatever it might be that you have. You want to have redundancy in all of that so that you can go ahead and if there is uh, an issue, if Murphy does come and visit you, well, then it's not that big of a deal. You can just bring out the next item that you have on your list to be able to, to take care of that need that you have. 
So redundancy is this big theme, but I think we need to be careful because I think we can kind of go overboard. Uh, I am going to give you a lot of options here when we're talking about building redundancy, but I think maybe you probably need two or three of these. Now, I would say I have all of these, uh, except for one of them. Uh, I have all of these, and that's just because people send me items to review and different things like that, and I've picked up things, and I'm just curious but really, if you are wanting to build redundancy, then really you just only need two or three of these things because um, you're just wanting to ward off Murphy and any kind of problems that might be coming. So when we're jumping into this topic, one of the important things that you need to consider is uh, the time of year that you are talking about. And so, for instance, in, in wintertime, uh, it's going to be different. I'm going to suggest different things than I would if I was cooking in the summertime. And I have experiences in both of those, right? So uh, when we had the winter storm, I had no problem turning on my gas stove. I mean, I have a gas stove. Thank goodness that I don't have an electrical stove. I mean, there's a lot of things that come with that, right? Uh, you have to always worry about the carbon, uh, carbon monoxide. There have been times where someone has turned on the gas stove thinking that they were warming up water and uh, it, it didn't light all the way. And so, uh, you know, I have a, a pretty quick nose, right? Uh, smell. And so I'm always able to detect that. But because of that, I have, you know, like a carbon monoxide uh, detector in the kitchen to make sure that if that goes off, people know, hey, something's going on because not everybody's always paying attention to that. So in, this, in the wintertime, I am cooking on, you know, inside on my gas stove. But during the summertime, like for instance, when we had Hurricane Harvey, I didn't want to heat up the house. So I'm going to be cooking outside, you know, on my gas grill so that I can go ahead and heat up my coffee and, or, you know, uh, brew my coffee and do all those different kinds of things that I was doing over there uh, because I don't want to add heat to the house because the power is off and we, you know, we don't want to warm up the house too fast. The other thing to, to consider here when you're talking about uh, building redundancy in your cooking is, is ventilation. And uh, there's going to be some of these things where you can cook in your home and you can use that, but you always need to consider ventilation and uh, kind of go from there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, the first thing that I would say is uh, my first line of cooking, right? The, the number one way that I am going to cook is with my gas stove. Now, I know not everybody has a gas stove, but if you have a gas stove, you are ahead of uh, the curve here in, on, on a lot of these things because you're just able to go to your normal way of cooking and you're able to start that up. Now, again, during the summertime, even during the summertime when the lights are, are, are on and you know there's no power issues or anything like that, we try to avoid turning on the oven during the heat of the day because that just adds to the the heat of the house and then the air conditioning is working harder. And of course, it's, you know, 100 plus degrees outside and all those different kinds of things. But that's one of those things that, you know, you have to consider. So again, the gas stove is really easy for me. We we use that on a regular basis. One of the things when the, the power is out, is you're going to, and you have an electric start gas stove, you're going to need a way to uh, use, you know, a lighter to, to start that up. And that's not that big of a deal for most of us. Most of us have uh, lighters and, and things around, or even something that can throw a spark that can uh, go ahead and, and light your, your stovetop. 
Um, I just have plenty of those, you know, long lighters uh, that you can just buy it at the store. You know, they're really cheap. And I just have a lot of those and store those and, and, and use those when I need to. So my gas stove, my gas oven is probably my first line of defense when I'm talking about building redundancy in, in my cooking. All right, so moving on from that one, because that's a pretty easy one. The next one is a butane burner stovetop. Now, this is a pretty recent addition for me. Uh, I don't, I didn't have one of these uh, up until about a year ago. And one of the reasons why I bought this one is I was watching a lot of videos, I guess, in cooking in uh, Asian countries. And they use these butane, you know, where they're saving space. They don't, maybe they don't have like a full-size kitchen. They don't have a full-size stove. So they, they're saving space by cooking on a butane stovetop. And so this is uh, maybe like one burner and you're able to add a, a bottle of butane in there and you're able to use it and it goes for a while. Um, there's a lot of them on uh, Amazon. I mean, all these things you can buy on Amazon. And like I said, I could have linked to all of these, but just go to Amazon and, and go check them out. Like always, when you're going to Amazon or, or you're buying uh, you know, a, a new item, just look at the reviews, look at the, the highs, look at the lows and look at the mid reviews. Cause usually the mid reviews are going to be the ones that are really, really accurate. The people that, that uh, try to uh, really give a good review. At least that's what, where I come from. But anyway, the butane stove, you see a lot of Asian countries cooking with this or, you know, videos that are cooking with this inside the home. And one of the things, again, that's why I'm, I'm going back and talking about the ventilation. You need to make sure that it's ventilated, but it is safe to cook inside of the home. And you see that over and over again. Now, again, when, when you're talking about cooking and you're talking about, uh, you know, redundancy in cooking, on my stovetop, I have four burners. I have the oven that I can use. When you're talking about moving beyond that, a lot of the times you're looking at two uh, burners, maybe max, or you're going down to one. And so there are some butane gas stovetops that are two. Uh, they start to get pretty expensive. There are some propane ones that uh, that there's two uh, stovetop burners on there, even a camp stove. But the one, the, the butane burner stovetop that I'm talking about is just a one, it's just one burner. And um, there really isn't a lot to it. I mean, you put the butane in there, you start it up, you can adjust, you know, how high, high and low you go. And depending on how long you cook and how high the heat is, will determine how long those butane, the, the bottles of butane go. So the actual burner itself is not very expensive. It's when you start buying the butane, but uh, you can, I mean, I was able to find them with, you know, a decent deal and decent enough for me to uh, go ahead and put this in my preps. So a butane burner is one that I would recommend. Again, you've got to decide, you know, are you, are you willing to use that on the inside with ventilation or are you going to go to your, your porch or your patio or, or you know, somewhere and, and cook there? So, uh, the, so the next one up is that butane burner stove. Moving from there, the one that I would choose, the, the one that I have would be my camping stove. And that's the one where you can use a little, you know, one pound, I believe they're one pound, one pound uh, propane tanks, the really small ones, and you just connect it to it. And so I have, I've had a couple of different ones throughout the uh, the years, you know, a Coleman one, and then I had the, the, uh, the Walmart version or whatever. I think we left that up at the country when dad sold it. But anyway, I've got the, the Coleman one and uh, it works great. I mean, it breaks down to a nice little suitcase. 
you're able to store it, you know, in the garage somewhere or wherever you keep your preps. And so it's, you know, it's out of the way when you're ready to use it. It, it takes five minutes to kind of put it all together and uh, it kind of works from there. There are a bunch of little propane tanks that I've used throughout the uh, throughout the years when we would go up to the country or when I'm cooked here uh, at home for whatever reason. Or even if you're I know that we've used it one time with my with my in-laws we were having a birthday party at a kind of a, like a little theme park, you know, where uh, they had animals and different things like that here in the Houston area. And my father-in-law brought his little camping stove to heat up hot dogs and, and chili and stuff like that, instead of using them over like a barbecue grill. Uh, and I'm kind of glad he did because the ones they had were, were really nasty. Right. So, you know, we have this, this camping stove that you can kind of take anywhere it's really small and you can kind of just take it with you. But that would be my next way of uh, putting kind of a redundancy into my preps for cooking. What you can buy if you are thinking a little bit longer term than just those small little uh, propane tanks. And man, they have really gone up in price uh, throughout the years. Uh, you know, I remember buying them and, and it, they weren't that expensive at all. But lately, it seems like every time you look at anything, really, uh, it, it's just astronomical, the prices. But there is an adapter that you can buy that goes from that small inlet or outlet, I guess, uh, or inlet to a uh, a 20 a pound uh, propane tank, right? So the, the regular kind that you would have on your barbecue grill, propane barbecue grill or whatever, or if you have a, a propane generator. And so that would last a long time. That would be for me more of a, uh, a temporary permanent kind of a setup where maybe I'm cooking for days and I don't want to be dealing with those little propane canisters. I can just go ahead and hook that up and uh, and let it go there. So, uh, you know, you have that adapter. You can buy that adapter anywhere. I think, uh, I, I mean, I got, of course, I got mine on Amazon, but I think you can get those at, even at Walmart or any kind of uh, sporting goods store. So um, the camping stove is going to be the next thing that I would have uh, just to, to make it a little easy uh, or easier to cook. And really, this one comes in a tie with my next one, uh, because I think the next one is uh, really a really easy one. Now, of course, the camping stove, I've got two burners on that one. So if I needed two, I would go with that one. But my next one is the barbecue grill burner. So a lot of the propane grills that, that you can buy, of course, you have the grill part where you're going to do your hamburgers, your steaks, your chicken, whatever, all that kind of stuff. But over on the side, you have a little um, a, a little burner. And so that little burner is like, I don't know, if you wanted to heat up chili, you wanted to heat up beans, you wanted to you know keep something warm on the side, uh, you could kind of do that. And really when I did, when we were at uh, you know, Hurricane Harvey and we actually, it was Hurricane Ike, I think. Actually, I, I think I did it for both, Hurricane Ike and Hurricane Harvey. Um, I used the barbecue grill because it was already out and uh, just really easy to attach the tank to and or the tank is already attached, turn it on and start my coffee up. And so that's what I, I've, I've used before. And, and that's why I'm saying it's a close third to that camping stove, because if you're only using, you know, like the boil water or to, to cook a one pot meal type thing, then that is uh, the way to go. It's already kind of set up. You don't have to go into the garage and bust everything out. And so uh, I would highly recommend that. So if you're buying a barbecue grill 
and you are going to buy a propane grill, spend a few extra bucks to get that grill burner on, on the other side so that you can go ahead and uh, and use that. And that, that builds a lot of redundancy in there. I know that uh, when the power was out, I think it was Hurricane Ike, you know, the freezers start to go down. It's been a couple of days. You start taking out the meat. You start barbecuing the meat. And so, you know, it's like... The family comes over and, you know, you're all sitting outside because it's hot inside, but at least you're eating and uh, you're eating good, good food. So I think having that barbecue uh, grill and then the, the propane uh, grill uh, and then the burner, I think works really, really well. All right. As we move on from there, really one of the things you, you need to start considering is like, okay, the other, the other grills that we were using. So if we go back and, you know, the gas stove, the butane burner stove, the camping stove, even the barbecue grill, the burner that's on the side. You can kind of cook a really sturdy meal there. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but uh, have a nice sturdy pot on there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, you can cook a meal. I remember during the, the storm, the winter storm that we had, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Yuri. I, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, I was doing I was doing chili when the lights went out for us, uh, but I was able to continue cooking it because it was, uh, you know, it was a gas stove and it was a, a warm meal that we were able to eat. But when we start moving to some of these other things that we have, you can definitely use this to cook a one pot meal. You can definitely use this to, you know, cook over like a skillet and different things like that. I think it, it just, you have to be a little bit more careful. You have to watch it a little bit more uh, and you just have to put a lot of attention. I mean, of course, you should always put attention on things that you're cooking and fire and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I guess when we jump into this next one, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So my next line here for redundancy would be the single stand burners. And when I'm talking about these, these are like the bottle top camp stoves. So going back to that camp, uh, like the Coleman camp stove where you use those uh, little one pound, uh, you know, one pound propane tanks. They make, if, you've, if you're not familiar with these, they make a, a bottle top camp stove that would screw on to one of those uh, propane, small propane tanks. And then it has a burner on the top of it. So my concern always is, you know, how sturdy is that top now or, or the uh, how sturdy is the propane tank? There's a lot of things that you can do to make that a little bit more secure. You can put some bricks around it. Um, you can, you know, different things like that. There are some even that will sell a base so that you can put the propane, the small propane tank in. So that will make it a little bit sturdier. But for me, it's just having a big pot on that uh, where I am, I'm feeding four or five, six members of my family. Um, that, that starts to uh, be a little uncomfortable for me. You know, I'm thinking more along the lines as I'm heating up water there. Maybe I'm I'm uh, doing some water for coffee or I'm doing some water for some freeze dried meals or something like that. But for me, it's a little bit harder to want to put a big pot on that. Along with those bottle top camp stoves, um, there's a, a brand that's it's really expensive. And the um, the actual fuel is is a little bit different. So when, you know, I've talked about these propane, these one pound propane tanks that you can buy the little small green ones, the, the jet boil type camp stove, you know, is a very popular one. It's very light. People use it, 
but the fuel canister and the fuel canister might be a little bit sturdier. It might be a little bit closer down to the ground, but it's, it's not one that would be like interchangeable with like your Coleman camp stove or, or something along those lines, you know? So, um, that would be my next thing to say, Hey, there, here is a, a single stand burner that you can use. But again, you need to be a little bit careful about where you're going to go with that. Now, there's a lot of videos where people are cooking, you know, full meals and different things like that. You know, uh, guys that do bushcraft out there on, in the wild uh, using all these different kinds of uh, burners that I'm going to be talking about from here on down. But I just I would be uh, a little bit more uh, or wanting something a little bit more stable to cook on is what I'm trying to say. Next up would be an alcohol stove. Now, I think when I talked about cooking, maybe I did an article a while back. Someone said, Hey Todd, you left out alcohol stove and uh, you can actually use these indoors again with ventilation and all those different kinds of things. And when I've thought about the alcohol stoves in the past, the videos that I've seen, you know, people make the alcohol stoves. Um, you can buy alcohol stoves uh, that are, you know, already, already made. You're just adding the alcohol. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But, uh, uh, people have always used it, you know, in indoors, you know? And so I, at least that's what I noticed when I see a lot of these videos. So again, the ventilation is going to be important and you need to always be careful and different things like that. But for an alcohol stove, again, cooking on it is going to, for me, is going to be a little bit, uh, you know, a lot, I guess when, when you see people cooking with alcohol stoves, they're heating up water a lot of the times. And so for me, it's going to be a little bit harder to cook an actual meal for the whole family, unless you are doing like freeze dried and, and you're doing something like that or some, just adding water to something, hot water. But if you were in a pinch and you needed some hot water, you needed some a way to maybe uh, warm up some some soup, some Campbell soup or or something, you know, in a can, uh, some chili, maybe, I don't know. That's a way to do it. You could use an alcohol stove uh, to to actually cook. And that is, uh, again, they, you can make your own. There's plenty of videos on YouTube on making really nice alcohol stoves. It's not really hard to do. And uh, just testing it out, that would be one of those things. But it, it would be, maybe that would be like a, a tier three redundancy thing for you. Where it's like, Hey, when everything else has failed, Hey, don't worry. We can still heat up something, some, some water, some, uh, some soup, some, some stew, whatever it might be with an alcohol stove. Of course you need the alcohol to be able to do that during the pandemic. Alcohol was really hard to find. Uh, but now it might be a little bit easier. So you can go ahead and stock up on that. might be a great uh, weekend project to be able to build an alcohol stove. Next up on my list would be a top lit updraft gasifier stove. I've done a couple of videos on one that I really like the Ouhu uh, stove. And of course, you know, like you have like your solo stoves that, that do this as well. I like the Ouhu because it breaks down into a small little, uh, just, you know, a, a small little package. And then it also, you can buy the MSR Alpine stowaway pot that would just nest inside of that, right? Or actually the stove nests inside of the pot. So it works really, really well if you're trying to keep everything just nice and concise and in one little package. So uh, a top lit updraft gasifier stove uh, works with, you, you can burn anything. So if you have uh, trees at all, 
you can go and you can find little, uh, you know, twigs, little branches, you know, break up, you know, pine cones, whatever, kind of throw them in. And the idea is you fill it all up. I, I see a lot of videos that do this wrong, but the idea is you fill it all up. You light the, you light the stove from the top. A lot of the times when we were lighting fires, we we're lighting at the bottom, right? But here on this stove, you're lighting at the top. And as that catches on, it begins to gasify the materials in there. And uh, it creates this great clean burn. Not a lot of smoke. Um, it's uh, really great for cooking, really hot. And uh, the, only, the only downside to it is you just need to feed it. But Again, you can feed it with little twigs and little things like that. Um, when I've used it before and uh, I've done my videos, um, I usually try to show like the inner chamber after everything's burned out and it's just a little bit of ash. It's pretty crazy because uh, again, the gas uh, comes back in in the second chamber, does a second burn. And so it burns really, really clean. It's really efficient. Again, um, you know, when you're talking about doing something like this, you are building a, uh, you know, you're, you're heating up water. You're trying to, to do that. You're not, you're not cooking a full meal on a gasifier stove. I'm not saying that you couldn't, you could do it. I'm just saying that's not the most likely way that you're going to use it. And again, that's not the way that when I think about if I'm in an emergency situation, that's not the first thing that I'm going to pull out. So along with gasifier stoves, one thing that you can do now, of course, you can make your own gasifier stove using uh, like a, uh, you know, a, a number 10 can. If you can still find those out there, uh, you know, people would, uh, I know when I was a kid, I would use, uh, we would get coffee cans and different things like that. You know, one of the things that I, I did not, I just, just thought of this. I did not add this. When I was in Boy Scouts, uh, we created a, a hobo stove. And really, so the hobo stove is going to be on my next, it's, it's my next one. But a hobo stove is just basically a number 10 can that you put some air holes in there. And there's ways of doing it to where it burns more efficiently. But it's just a way to be able to have a fire in one little place and you're able to easily put some kind of pot on top of it. So you can make a hobo stove out of a number 10 can. One of the things that I remember doing when I was in Boy Scouts is creating a sterno. And so basically what that is, if you think about a, uh, I, I guess the best way of doing it is maybe like the size of a tuna can, maybe even a little bit bigger than a tuna can. You think of like a crushed pineapples uh, and, and you would open up that can, rinse it out really well. You would cut cardboard the height of that can and you would just make sure that it just circles in around there. Then you would melt wax, pour the wax in there uh, on top of the cardboard. And then you light the cardboard and it creates a sterno. So I went camping one weekend and that's all I used. It was just kind of like a test to be able to do that when I was a Boy Scout. And I just used that instead of building a fire and using uh, or a camp stove and all the other ways that everybody else was cooking. I just used that and I was able to cook my food. And so it worked out really well with a little bit of foil with that number 10 can and my uh, you know sterno that I created. Um, everything worked out really, really well. So uh, I was able to do eggs and bacon and uh, pe people were, uh, were, you know, really surprised about that. So you can kind of add that to it. You can make your own. If you have some old candles that are about to go out, of course, unscented would be would be the best. But uh, old candles that maybe you don't have out anymore, they're just out and around. Go ahead and fire them up and let them get nice and hot. 
and then you can pour that wax into you know a sterno that you you are creating so that you can use that in an emergency situation again talking about i mean you can use this for cooking but uh, mostly people are going to use this for boiling water and getting some hot water and uh, going from there so a hobo stove then a hobo stove with a sterno is something that you can uh, definitely use now the next thing that i would use and this is again this is just me guys these this is my opinion you can do this in any way that you would like is i would do a rocket stove and the reason that this is so far down on the list is because you know you have to have the wood to be able to do that so when you uh and depending on what you're doing if you're boiling water you can boil water really really quickly in a rocket stove if you're trying to cook something a little bit more then you're going to need a lot of wood prepared and ready to go in there so you know you talk about you're in an emergency situation and you want to you're ready to eat or people are ready to eat and so uh, getting the rocket stove and getting all that kind of stuff you know having the, the the wood and and everything ready you know all that stuff is going to take a little bit of time i mean you might have some already prepared ahead of time might make it a little bit easier but for me the rocket stove is, is a little bit further down the uh the list down here so the first thing is, you know, I, I've done a review on the EcoZoom rocket stove. It was great. Uh, and it's a really great uh, rocket stove. Um, it's one that, you know, it's, it's already done for you. It comes with everything that you need. Burns really hot, really efficient. It has cast, a cast iron top on the top. And uh, you're really good to go. Um, you can make DIY rocket stoves really easy. Um, people do it all the time, you know, with, on videos, you can, uh, you know, with pipe and, you know, big pipes and, and, and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, something that you want to, to do for a long term, but you can also make them just with cinder blocks. People do that all the time, just, you know, using a couple of, uh, cinder blocks and you place them just right where you have, uh, your air chamber and you have your burn chamber and then you have uh you know the top where you're able to to cook on then that's really easy to do and so uh, just going and finding some youtube videos and finding out which uh cinder blocks you need and you know going down to home depot or lowe's or whatever and buying those that is a way that you can have another way of cooking uh, so that you can build some redundancy on that so one of the things that I did when I did the EcoZoom is I, I purchased a cast iron skillet, now, a, a flat skillet where uh, you could, if like if you were using this in your home, you would put it over two burners and maybe you're making pancakes, maybe you're doing some bacon, uh, you know, something along those lines. But I used that to be able to have a, a flatter surface so that cast iron, the rocket stove is going to heat up the cast iron and that, and the heat is going to just travel through that cast iron, uh, skillet. And so I'm able to put a couple of, I was able to put a couple of different pots. I am able to boil water on this one. I'm able to, uh, you know, have another pot on this other side. And if I need to move it away from the heat, because it's just getting really, really hot in the center of that skillet because the rocket stove burns really, uh, you know, does a really efficient job of burning and it burns really hot, then I can move it over to the side and not worry about it falling over. I mean, depending on the weight and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's one thing that I would recommend if you're doing that, or maybe a big uh, heavy duty piece of sheet metal, and you can put it over your rocket stove so that you could use that as a, as a cooking surface. So that's one thing that I would do there. But just remember, you need uh, you need to have the uh, 
the sticks, the, the wood uh, ready to go, kind of broken down that would fit into your rocket stove so that you can feed it on a regular on a regular basis. The last thing here that would be on the list would be just cooking over a fire pit. It's kind of funny because the, the minute that uh, the temperature drops around here where we are, you can smell people turning on, bring, you know, uh, their fire pits and they're, they're gathering around their fire pits uh, because they want to use it. We only get a small amount of time to be able to, to do that here in the Houston area because of the, of the weather. And so people fire them up and uh, they're hanging out around them. But if you have a fire pit that you're using for just hanging around, uh, you know, people come over for gatherings or whatever, and you're doing marshmallows, whatever. Um, you can also use that for cooking. And so uh, you might need to have some kind of system maybe where you're able to put a grate over it. Uh, and so you're able to put some pots on top of that, or maybe you're able to suspend some pots, uh, different things like that. You, know, you could use a fire pit in a pinch if you needed to. I mean, you could also just build a fire, you know, in your backyard if you needed to. But I think, you know, having a fire pit just makes it a little bit easier. And uh, then you probably are a little bit more familiar with building fires and keeps it safe, keeps it all in one place. It doesn't get away from you. So, guys, just a quick recap of the different uh, methods out there. And there's probably there's others that you might be using that I didn't mention but, uh, you know, that's okay. I mean, everybody's going to be a little bit different here. So, uh, again, using just your regular gas stove, that's my number one. Then moving to like a butane burner stove top, um, the camping stove. Uh, and really that's tied with the, the barbecue grill burner there. Just really easy, just depending on how much I'm cooking. If I need two burners or one. Uh, then you have this single stand burners. Uh, the bottle top camp stoves, uh, you know, the, the other brand, uh, more expensive brand, the jet boil, um, alcohol stoves, having a, like a gasifier stove, a small camping stove, uh, like a top lit updraft. And then again, I like the, Ohuhu. maybe you, uh, you have a solo stove, maybe you have, um, you know, a Kelly kettle. And I didn't even talk about Kelly kettles, but maybe you have a Kelly kettle. Uh, that's not really a gasifier stove, but, um, you know, same kind of idea. It's a camping stove there. Uh, you have the hobo stove that you could use, a rocket stove, cooking over a fire or just a fire pit. A couple of things here before we uh, we close this one out. If you are, I mean, it's, just, it's smart to have a fire extinguisher around with you. And, you know, when we think about fire extinguishers, we think about the big ones that we had maybe in school or at work or whatever. They sell the, the a small, like a handheld can fire extinguisher now. And uh, it's rated for all fires. And I've, I've recently purchased a couple of those and have those strategically placed in my home just in case. Now, you think about um, having these in, in a fire, you know, a fire kind of gets away from you. And one of the reasons why uh, this recently came up is just uh, so we had some uh, we were cooking in the oven and we had a, like a little spillover and it just really smoked up really uh you smoked up the house and everything before before we turned it off and i was just like man if that would have got out of control you know th there's always thing you, you can throw flour on it you can do all that kind of stuff but wouldn't it be so much nicer just to have something that you can point and shoot and go for it and so there are a, a bunch of nice little fire extinguishers that you can purchase and if that was to save your home if it's 25 30 dollars you know i think i paid $25 around there, maybe $30 for two of them and strategically placed them in my home. Wouldn't that be worth it to be able to have that? 
So I really think that you should have some fire extinguishers uh, in around your home, around your, your kitchen uh, when you're cooking, especially if we're talking about uh, cooking in some of the ways that we're talking about here. Uh, I've already talked about the carbon monoxide detector. I think that's smart. I think you need to have those even, you know, regardless if you are talking about cooking, you know, with propane, gas, whatever. I think you still need to have those as, as well as a smoke alarm. I think you need to have that. That's just really something that you need to, uh, to, to consider. The other thing that you might want to do is if you're preparing for cooking on top of burners that aren't your regular stove. You might want to acquire some cheap pots, and uh, I, you know, when when I was testing out some of these things that I, that I've tested out before in the past, the the Ohuhu stove, and uh, uh, so I've done solo stoves before. I've done the Eco Zoom. I've done different things outside. One of the things that you want to do is uh, not use your wife's or your spouse's cooking pots. You don't want to ruin those. So I simply just went to a resale shop. And I looked for a good pot. Now there's there's a pot that uh, that I bought for five dollars. Uh, I think it was like two quarts or whatever, and it was in good shape. At one point, my wife thought it was one of hers. I'm like, no, no, no. I bought bought this one at the resale shop, and this is for testing. And so you can find some good pots out there, um, and and use those so that when you are ready to cook over a fire or, or an open fire, that you're not worried about. Uh, messing up your your spouse's uh, you know nice pots or whatever, and uh, here I want to give you a quick little tip that we used to do in Boy Scouts, and uh, this was always something that kind of saved the pots from all that you know from being black and and scorched and having to scrub uh, you know so hard to get all that junk off because you know our our uh, our leaders would always look at that stuff and like hey you're not putting that back in the mess kit you know you better clean that up. So anyway, uh, we would use liquid soap on the bottom and on the sides of our pots. You got to be careful not to get it inside the pot because then you're going to be eating soap. But uh, you want to just, you know, get a little bit of liquid soap, maybe put it on a uh, on a towel, uh, on a napkin, and then rub the bottom of it, rub the sides of it. So when you're putting it on the fire, uh, all that, you know, you'll get the char, you'll get the, you know, it'll be all blacked out and all that kind of stuff. But when you go to wash it, it comes off very easily. So you'll need to put a little bit of elbow grease. I'm not saying that it's just going to just rinse off, but it is so much easier to rinse off and to clean off uh, as opposed to not doing that and then trying to just use elbow grease and you're just going to kill yourself. So if you really definitely want to uh, to do this, I'm telling you, just use a little bit of dish soap. It'll save you a ton of time. And that way you don't get everything dirty when you go put that pot back up, maybe in your garage or your shed or whatever. Uh, you know, Or even if you do put it in your kitchen uh, to use it for the next time, it doesn't get everything all dirty. So uh, just a quick little Boy Scout tip right there. All right, guys, hopefully this was helpful for you. Hopefully you put a little bit of redundancy into your cooking um, because when you're in an emergency situation, you want to be able to eat and eat well. And uh, it just, it makes a big difference from being hungry and, and uh, just a, a quick story. I think, I, I think we mentioned, I've mentioned this before, but during the winter storm, uh, when we did have power, my wife, I mean, she cooked, she made a, a lot of breakfast tacos. We made uh, a lot of hot chocolate and we, we went and we visited family who didn't, they didn't want to come over. They didn't want to leave their home. Um, you know, they were hearing about so many pipes being busted and all that kind of stuff. So they were, they were dealing with it where they were at, but 
Um, they didn't have a warm meal. And that was, you know, when you're able to go and drop off hot chocolate uh, to people who normally don't drink hot chocolate, and then you're able to, you know, have a warm meal for them. They were so appreciative of that. And then your family would be as well when they're in an emergency situation, being able to share a meal, being able to eat, eat some good food is a, is a really important thing. And so having two or three of these things, redundancies kind of built into your preps is a really, really smart thing to do. Well, guys, that's it for episode 720. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF of 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Till next time, live with no regrets. Stay prepped and aware. Peace.